Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. to the morning shows of which more later <laughs> right Sinjin I can see you calling in um, but we've got to go to we've got to go to our guest Catherine tell us the name of this guest please and what we've got coming up here please because this is this is proper exciting the guest is stuff. very excited his name is Jim Sherman by day a mild-mannered high school teacher what the from hell? the US of A United States of America to you and me baby in his spare time he's a Bigfoot tracker oh man and this guy's like Genuine, not yeah. the, sing- the singer. He's genuine about this. He sent us a, an email with some recordings. We're going to talk to him about. Uh, it's, it's exciting stuff. This you know. is great. This is great. Um, let me just get his email up. The chat. The the. Here we go. Here comes Jim. Has he got? Has he got a Bigfoot that he's going to be able to show us? I don't know if that's <laughs> where, where he is. Come on. Here comes the man. Here we go. Oh, I need to change my settings because I had it set for a meeting. So that's going to be there. Jim, join us. Come, unmute yourself, brother. Show us your face. Show us. I'm assuming he's caught. There he is. I'm doing my best. <laughs> uh, now, I, I would have thought, it, I don't see a Bigfoot he- head hanging behind you. You've not managed to, have you caught one and killed one yet? Hold on a minute. I have things. He has things. <laughs> don't mess. Jim, I've kind of... I've got some. I've got some footprints. Wow! Hang on, Jim. I'm, can I stop you for a second? Yeah, sure. This guy looks normal. He looks normal. He doesn't look like a fruitcake. What? What? What are you talking about? Hold on. <laughs> he he could look like a fruitcake. Maybe ah! he needed. There's the tracker. A bit more because that's well, that, uh, that's that seems a little bit more normal. You got to have a a, a swag tastic hat. <laughs> Or some kind of, hold on. Here we, I liked it. I liked Jim. I'm sorry like about this. No, I love it. You go for I it. I changed it the last minute, but I had like a, like something that makes me kind of look more like the crocodile hunter. So I didn't wear that. <laughs> but It worked out badly for him. So be careful. I, I, <laughs> but I, I did wear this. Oh, there we nice. Go. Well done. Oh. Well done. Although I take issue with the first word there. You're clearly not introverted at all. <laughs> so you're a history teacher by day. 
But for 30 years, you've been hunting Bigfoot. How does that work? Well, you know, that's a, that's a darn interesting question. Um, one of the things that has, has, when I was little, I was absolutely intrigued by anything that was creepy, scary, weird. I loved UFOs, Bigfoot, Loch Ness Monster, things that scared me. Yeah. I just, I really liked those things. The things I was supposed to like, you know, math and like religion and stuff like that. I'm like, for the birds. But for whatever reason, I found just this, this, this draw towards things that were weird. And uh, really what ended up happening was I just, I kind of grew out of it and I, I kind of grew up. Yeah. And then I realized, well, I've, I've, I've got to somehow start making money. And so I realized that, you know, history is kind of close to studying weird things. So I'll just study history and and kind of let the other stuff go. Still absolutely fascinated by just just cool, weird things. But there's a lot of cool, weird things to study in history also. But what I'll tell you is I had an incident occur when I was about 19 years old that that just scared me to the point that. I couldn't go in the woods anymore. Oh. And so I don't know if you want to hear about that. But well, did uh, Of course we want to hear about that. What happened? Did a Bigfoot expose himself to you or something? Well, you know, it, it, I probably would have been more comfortable had it done so. Right. Simply because it was it was the unknown yeah. that was the, the like the, the scariest part about it. But basically what happened was my dad and I went into a place in northern Michigan, and Michigan is made up of two peninsulas, and uh, I live like a troll down below the bridge in the lower peninsula. But up in the upper peninsula, it's just this beautiful area of, it's just like a, a sports person's paradise. You can go in hiking forever and not see a whole bunch of people. It's just absolutely gorgeous. And so my dad and I did a canoe in, hike in, camp type of a trip. You pack in all of your gear oh, and you just go out. It sounds horrendous. Can I stay at oh, home? Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll stay in the car. Banjos, it's fine. <laughs> um, and so, so here's the deal. We just we went up, and it was it was a lot of fun. And anytime anytime you can hang out with your dad is a, yeah. you know it's a big deal, and I treasure those memories. But let me tell you, um, we were so far away from anyone but once the coolness of hiking and fishing and the loons die down and the, and it starts to get dark it gets dark it gets dark it gets scary and i'm used to that i grew up in the woods like like i i, I go out i hunt i fish i hike i played in the woods you know i mean if i wasn't on my bike i was playing in the woods but that night I crawled into my tent. My dad falls asleep immediately. And then basically about a half hour before the, well, a half hour after the fire died down when, I mean, I was lying on my back and it was, it, it was weird because you could not really see outside of the tent, but you could tell that it's, it, there was still some ambient light out yeah. there. And I heard something coming from the direction behind me and there's no trails back there. There's no reason for a person to be back there. And initially I heard some, you know, twigs cracking and stuff like that, leaf rustling. And immediately, of course, you think, oh, okay, there's a chipmunk back there. All right. Well, the chipmunk started to get bigger. <laughs> and at night, chipmunks will sound like a monster. Well, this 
I'm just like, wow, this is a little bit, you know, disconcerting. And that chipmunk in my mind became like a raccoon, which is a bigger creature. And then I'm like, ooh, this. And then, then the telltale thing happened. When you hear a real live branch snap, not a twig, because a deer will, will crack twigs and, and sl- smallish branches. But it has to be heavy, like a person or a bear, to crack big branches on the ground. And something was cracking big branches on the ground behind me. I'm in a tent defenseless. And I could also hear it brushing against the the trees. And the trees, now this is kind of strange, but I know where the trees were. And they were up like above my head-ish. And so whatever it was, was tall. And so I'm thinking it's got to be a deer. Maybe it's the antlers of a buck brushing against the branches. But whatever this thing was came up behind me and I was absolutely petrified. And I've been scared before. Like, you know how you get startled or something like that. You walk into a room, someone's standing there and you're like ghost or something like that. But this was an, a, just an abject fear. And all I wanted to do was yell, run or move. And I couldn't do any of them. I have no clue what came over me, but I could not move. I couldn't. I could hear my dad breathing. Yeah. I could hear him snoring, but he couldn't hear what I could hear. And eventually, whatever the heck this thing was, I'm still not 100% sure, but I'm still freaked out about it. It sounded as if it bent over because there were branches above the tent, like it bent over and then something pressed against the back of the tent. Oh, no. On my back. And I'm, I can hear something that's been walking up towards me and something about the size of a dinner plate, maybe pressed up against the back of the tent. I'm thinking in my head, crap, it's a bear, you know, and there's black bear around there and they're annoying, but usually they won't mess with you. If you don't have food in the tent and they, you know, they don't have their babies around, they'll huff and, and then run away. Whatever this was, was really interested in me. And whatever was pushing up behind me, I could see it. And I'm like, is that a forehead of a bear? But, you know, there's a fabric between, so I can't really see what it is. And so I was able to, which seemed like like a a superhuman effort at now thinking about it. But I I reached up with my, I remember with my left hand, and I'm right-handed, but I'm like sitting there, I can't do anything with my right hand. I reached up and I swatted and I, I tried to give like the most manly yawp you've ever heard and that woke my dad up and he told me that it sounded like i'd I'd like i'd been kicked with a with a ball like in the festicles or something like that he just said it it wasn't very manly it was (laughs) like a wheel but when i hit what i hit it wasn't like the forehead of a bear because it wasn't solid it was as if a bit not my sized hand but a very bit and my hands are not huge but like double the size of my hand because I went like this and it kind of gave. And then there was a, like a kind of a noise that did not sound like a bear. I know what a bear sounds like. You you, you know what it sounds like when you slap a bear. I don't know if that was when you slap one, but I've heard it before, but this was, this was strange. And then, bipedally it walked away 
whatever it was, harumphed, stood up, hit the branches above me, which were at least about six feet up-ish, and then it bipedally walked away. So in my head, I'm like, that was a person? Because what else could it be? Yeah. Because I can hear it walking. And then over the course of the next three nights, right during the day, nothing. But over the course of, of that first night, things were getting thrown across the campsite. Now, I never looked out. I was too scared. Not even going to lie. I was absolutely petrified. But whatever it was, was walking, sounded like a person, and then would throw things off to the other side. Now, that I honestly only heard one. And so it seemed like one bipedal big something was messing with me. Next day, I'm like, okay, I'm going to find out what this is. And so I cleared up the brush and everything. I mean, I exposed sand behind the back of the tent. And I'm not even lying. I put like little punji stakes up. I, I took a knife and I whittled stakes and put them in the ground because I wanted to know what was there. I wanted to get footprints. I wanted to scare it away because I was petrified. The next night, it didn't come near the tent. It stayed away. But what it did do was it somehow grabbed saplings. And I found the saplings. They were about this big around and swished them back and forth until one of them snapped. Gosh. Now, here's the deal. I never saw what it was. And it happened, like I said, three nights. And finally, I said to my dad, I'm like, I can't sleep. This is freaking me out. Can we please go? I was sleeping with a hatchet, well, sleeping with a hatchet. But uh, it was it was so scary because I didn't know what it was. Had yeah. it been a bear, had I known it, had I had the, had I, I was too scared to look. I was too scared to shine a flashlight. I just couldn't do it. I couldn't bring myself to do it. Um, and if I could figure out what the heck it was, it would have been so much better. But bear do not throw things. <clears throat> they just don't. There's no reason for a person to be out there. And I not, I saw no footprints whatsoever. And I would have probably seen a person's boot print. Um, so I don't know what it is. And what that did for me is it scared me to the point where I was deathly afraid of camping. I used to camp alone. I would throw a tarp up and, and go out and do stuff like that. No way was I ever going yeah. to do that. Um, I wasn't, I couldn't go for hikes. I used to hunt <clears throat> and I would find myself going up in a tree stand like normal. Okay, I'm hunting. And then it would start getting dark. And I'm like, now I'm going down the tree because I was so scared. Mm. And it, it ruined some of the things that I categorically absolutely loved doing. I loved being in the woods. And so what I started to do was I started to research what the heck could possibly do this. And this was many years later, like fast forward, you know, and, and I'm like, I got to figure out what the heck this is. And I came across other people's incidents, particularly while camping, where they've had primate-like aggressive behavior, objects thrown, uh, branches broken and swished back and forth, things that aren't bear, normal bear behavior or things like that. And it started to point towards the thing I used to be interested in, you know, cryptid stuff. And people started to say, oh yeah, you had a Bigfoot encounter. And I'm like, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Bigfoot doesn't exist. I don't know what did. Yeah, I don't know what it was, 
But then I just started researching and, and I came across, like particularly looking at the uh, Bigfoot Field Researchers Organization, or the BFRO has an amazing website, bfro.net. Mm. And you can go on that website and, and look at around the world. But like I can look at Michigan, I can look at my county and I can see uh, uh, different uh, researched examples of experiences from witnesses if it ex- let me let me play the devil's advocate and i was like you when i was when i was like a teenager i was into all you know ghosts i've seen i've seen it i've seen a ufo i've seen something flying in the sky i saw it with my then wife and neither of us could explain it and it was very very peculiar so so i was into that and then i like you i kind of grew up and as i'm getting older i'm kind of thinking well maybe it probably is a little bit more than stuff but if bigfoot exists why have we not filmed it? Why have we not had a satellite that's filmed it? Why, I know this happened to you a long time ago, but why is, you know, no one managed to get get their phone out and film it? Why is it all this shaky cam bollocks? Why, <laughs> why is there, why have we not, why is there not YouTube channel? This is actual footage of Bigfoot. Oh my goodness. We're speaking the same language. And, and the reason is now some people will say now, and I have to be, I have to be perfectly clear with you. I researched Bigfoot, but I'm kind of an intrigued skeptic. Okay. All right. That's just the way I, because I haven't had a good sighting. Now, people will say with all the stuff that I've collected, all the audio analysis that I do and the experiences that I've had, because I've seen some pretty weird stuff. um, They're like, how can you not believe? And it's just because I kind of have to have to see things. And when things are like so out there, I need extra evidence. Like I can, I can, I can believe in a great white shark. I've never seen one. Yeah. I've seen sharks, you know, but I've never seen a great white shark, but there's really good evidence that they're out there. And so what a, what a true believer would say to you, and they call themselves knowers. And I have a whole bunch of friends who are really cool and they're knowers because they know they don't just believe. And what they say is take a look at the Patterson Gimlin film which is the one that usually when you think of a Bigfoot... Where oh, the is Bigfoot that the one where he kind of turns around, around and like smiles at the camera? Exactly. <laughs> Does that. And, and that one is... Uh, that one has gone through... The film itself has gone through a great deal of scrutiny. Right. I know there's a really good book by Bill Munns on that. Um, but... And, I've, and as a matter of fact, one of the... This is one of the reasons that I really want to believe that there's a Bigfoot out there because it, it would be really cool. But a lot of my really good friends absolutely, absolutely believe. And they're super trustworthy, cool people. And I met and talked with Bob Gimlin, who was the guy who had the gun trained on Patty, which is the name of the name for the female Bigfoot. And uh, Roger Patterson was doing the filming. Bob Gimlin had his gun on the Bigfoot. And wow. I spoke with Bob Gimlin and he is probably the most genuine person you've ever met. Yeah. And he could tell he could sell me a car. And I'm like, yeah, I'll buy it. You know, because he just he's 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 so honest and genuine. He's just like a really cool cowboy. And he I, I like I sat in his his hotel room just talking with him. And you know, it was I I, I asked him questions like, why didn't you shoot it? You know, because because then you get the thing you need, which I'm not an advocate for, but a body. Like real good, here's a Bigfoot. Oh, you know, I, be, I bet it tastes incredible. I would imagine the probably the back straps are yeah. the 
The rest of it might be a little gamey. Bit of gravy on there. Oh, the baked potato. I'm in. I want Sasquatch for my tea. I can't believe this would be the discovery of a century and you're thinking about how you'd cook it. We're there licking our fingers because we've done... Um, now, listen, you sent us... You sent us some audio. What 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 should we play? What have we got here? Well, basically, what what ended up happening is I got I got hooked and I started to go on Bigfoot expeditions because I was so scared. I figured the best way to to face my fears was to face my fears. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so I I looked up and I'm like, there's Bigfoot expeditions? What idiot's gonna go on a Bigfoot expedition? I'm like me. Yes, yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna definitely. go on a Bigfoot expedition. And I mean, I've been to Loch Ness. I go ghost hunting. I'm going to do anything like that because it's awesome. And I'm like, I'm going to go in the woods and I'm going to play bait. I mean, I'm not the tallest guy in the world. They're going to come and try to consume me. Awesome. I'll wear a GPS tracker and then they can get me out the backside or something like that. Sorry, that's disgusting. But the thing is that I, in forcing myself to go out and research, now I go in the woods without a headlamp like an idiot looking for the things that used to scare me so I couldn't go in the woods. Mm-hmm. And what that did for me is it really, it, it basically fired up my desire to research. And I ended up joining a Bigfoot organization, the BFRO. And, uh, and what happens is I get reports through the website and then I go out and I research them. I talk to the witnesses, and if they're crazy, I'm like, thank you, I'll be there never. You know? But if- Have you had that when you've been in someone's house and they come in, they make you a cup of tea and they start telling the story and you realize they're batshit? And you, oh, yeah. I, my, my wife is, I've I gotta, yeah. there's a, I gotta go. I'm just like, my Jeep's on fire, I'll be right back. You, <laughs> you know? But, but yeah, seriously, every, that's, why you, that's why you call them and talk to them first. Right. Because at, uh, using a burner phone or something like that, because otherwise, my goodness. But I will tell you, the bulk of the people that, that, that I've had the opportunity to meet with, and, and I vet them before I'm ever going to meet anybody, because that's just weird, um, are just really cool people. And you can tell that they're not out there for money and they don't get into Bigfoot stuff for the money. Yes. All right. There's just... Unless you, I guess, unless there's some ways that you can do it. If you have a TV show, you write a lot of books or you are, are a well-known researcher or something. And, and there are some really, obviously, very, very cool people that are involved in cryptozoology. But for someone like me, I'm not going to make any money doing it. And that's why I have to teach and coach, you know. But um, I think I think really the most important thing about uh, uh, all of that was I just immersed myself in just studying and meeting with people and listening to them. And then I really became fascinated, like you mentioned, with the, with the, with audio analysis. And so whenever I go, <laughs> look, I'm a teacher, I have props. Um, I'll bring things like this. You know, this is just a really simple, cheap recorder. Yeah. I mean, normally it just, it, it appears like this. Yeah. And it don't cost that much money. Throw an SD card in it and you throw it in the woods. And these, these will last for, you know, a couple of hours until, uh, the memory card dies and things like that. And I, I keep one on me. I throw them all over the place and you end up collecting really cool audio evidence, mostly of frogs and crickets and things that are extraordinarily normal. But every once in a while, you capture something that's fascinating. 
you know, apart from coyotes or whatever, because I've, I've captured big cats like cougars, which are scary. I've captured bobcats, which are just cool wolves in areas where they're not supposed to be. And even some hybrid like koi dogs, which are hybrid hybridized uh, coyotes and dogs and just, just some weird stuff. And every once in a while also, um, I, I collect, like there's one I know that you have that is, I think it's a, a wood knock and howl or something like that. And um, I'm trying go. to remember if, if that's what Knock and howl. Here we go. Let's, you may not be able to hear this because of the way my computer's set up, but I'm going to play it now. So everyone at home should be able to hear this. Here we oh. go. What is that, man? I I don't remember the audio clip. But... It goes. I'll do it. Goes. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> we'll recreate them for you as we play. Very good. <laughs> well, oh, I like you, Jim. I'll tell you some of these things. Um, like in one instance, <sighs> I, I I stepped out of my car. More props. I stepped out of my car on, with this, which one of my really good friends gave me. This is just a jam block. And normally you're playing the drums, whatever. Or if you take it in the woods and go like this, it makes a super loud noise. Mm -hmm. And one of the neat things is sometimes you do that in the woods and something will bang back. And sometimes you no, do that mate. in the woods and something will howl back. No, mate. Now, no, mate. No. Now, but here's the thing. 90% of the time, it's probably someone else out there bigfooting. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm sure that it's like, I just heard a wood knock. I'm going to howl to it or something like that. Bigfooting does sound like a euphemism for. I don't know. Are you aware of the phrase dogging? Does dogging exist over there? It's no, where... it does not, but I'm going to look it up on the Urban Dictionary right now. <laughs> be, be careful which computer you Google that on. <laughs> it does sound like a euphemism. Hey, sweetheart, can I borrow your computer? Do you mind? <laughs> Hey guys, I've just signed up to. I'm, I'm going to the UK. I've signed up to a dogging group. It should be. Don't. It'd be awesome. Don't. Don't. You're gonna love it. <laughs> <laughs> what we're getting people in the chat are saying. Oh well. So, so the last comment I've just seen from David. One day, Jim's mutilated body will be found in the woods. <laughs> It's I don't true. know if that's a threat or... Jim's fine with that as long as he's got his tracker on. <laughs> that's why I keep little GPS trackers because <laughs> they'll be able to collect my DNA evidence with the tracker and I will scratch <laughs> on the way through. <laughs> so what do we think What do we think they eat? Vegetarian or carnivore? You know what? Here's, here's the interesting thing. I think about all of this from a scientific standpoint. And what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to collect evidence. And that's why... I go out there with, with silly video cameras and recorders so that I can figure out what the heck is going on. And I also, I, no matter where I am, I study the normal sounds of the area. And because here's the deal. If you're out in the woods for the first time and you hear a loon, which is a bird, they're scary. Mm. Or if you hear the, the most evil animal in the world, which is the barred owl. Barred owls make these crazy sounds that actually sound like you're walking through like a zoo and there's chimpanzees all around you. I would, I, I would make the noise, but I'd have to practice a bit. <laughs> but seriously, it's, it's, it's absolutely freaky and scary. But what I'm trying to do is bring science to it yeah. and, and collect evidence. And so what we Dang. have to do is 
and this is the way my silly brain works, I'm like, well, if there is a large animal out there, and if that is a large animal, and the closest thing we have to in reality to that animal is a primate or a human or possibly a bear, is this an area that a human, uh, which is a primate, obviously, a primate could live, or, and is this somewhere that a bear can survive? What are humans and bears eating? Now, humans kind of suck because we bring food from all over. But could a, could a, a primate live there? Mm. And that's an interesting question because there are parts of Michigan, for instance, where, sure, uh, it, like I could go in the woods and I could survive. Uh, it would suck, mm. but I could survive. Uh, eating aquatic plants, frogs, stuff like that. But we don't know. However, some people have claimed that they have witnessed a Bigfoot or Sasquatch hunting. I've never seen one. I will tell you, and I can share this. I'd have to share it later. Um, or anybody who wants to contact me, I'll share it with you. Um, I collected an audio when I wasn't there. This was a, a, a recorder I had set up, a long duration recorder just in the woods with a battery source. And you can hear a fawn walk up near the recorder and then you hear something rush up and hit it. Oh my God. You hear a, and then it's so crazy because there's a little bit of a scuffle then it's done. And then the weird part is there's a, Oh, it's the coolest thing in the world. It's the coolest thing in the world. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. And no one believes me, which I understand. But is, I mean, the, obviously it had to be something else. But in my mind, yes, I'm thinking man. Bigfoot, whereas in an, an alien hunter would be thinking, wow, that alien just probed yeah, that fawn. Yeah. Yeah. Like that. You get the yeah. idea. But uh, but so so you have to just think, 
what is it that is being consumed? Can you find scat? I mean, we can't even, we can't find bones, no. right? So this is, this is problematic and this is what messes with my head because we should have gotten them on satellites. We should have gotten them on, you know, we should stumble upon them and like, oh, now people are going to say, you know, how often have you seen a bear carcass? And how often have you seen gorilla car- carcai? What's the plural of carcass? <laughs> gorilla bodies? All right. But the thing is, you ain't no teacher. I, I know, no teacher. I, I, You're some I don't, freak we I found online. I teach English. <laughs> I teach. I teach a social study. Oh, okay. okay. I teach history. It, it barely counts. <laughs> but we're thinking of the woods. You're talking about the woods, and we're thinking about the small things that we have, right? Yeah. But actually, this this terrain is huge. People isn't forget it? that America is massive you know and, and that, that, that is possible that there could be something existing within thousands of miles of woodland yeah it's possible and and the thing is the the fact that it's possible makes it interesting yeah and so i keep looking and the more that i look the you know the, the, and the more you go down the rabbit hole the more the rabbit hole looks up at you kind of like that but it's 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 fascinating because uh I've I've used it I've used it to learn so much more just about uh, well audio analysis and how to use a computer to analyze audio to figure out you know basically because uh, sound kind of you can make sound look like a fingerprint yeah and so you can put it on an audio spectrogram and say well this is within the range of a wolf this is within the range of a human we've got something here so it's something different uh-huh. and that's kind of cool it's it's fun to do that kind of thing and I'm just open to it. I'm not, but I'm also hyper skeptical about everything, not to the point of being rude to people. You know, it's like if they, they say, look, I found a, you know, I have the perfect Bigfoot audio or something like that. And I'm like, that's, you know, that is a chihuahua or something like that. No, I'll, I'll talk to him about it, learn it, you know, teach it, kind of treat it like a learning experience. Yeah. And, this, and the same thing, if you go online and you look at Bigfoot stuff, there about 99% of everything you see that's a picture is a shadow. Yeah. Paradoia. It's just like, it's just our mind trying to make things out of something that doesn't exist. But every once in a while you do get some cool things like the Patterson Gimlin film is actually really cool. And it would have been hard to produce with the technology of the day. It would have been pretty tough to do. As a historian, the accounts, how far do they go back and, have they always been along the same lines or do they, are there variants? Oh, what's fascinating about the hairy man type of idea and legends is that it goes across basically all cultures have this story about a hairy man. If you go even back uh, biblically, uh, people that have been pushed out of society are there, there are discussions about that in the, um, uh, uh, I'm, I'm drawing such a blank right now, and and I'm going to come back to one other really cool uh, illusion. But in Native America, yeah, we caught you out. We <laughs> you caught did. him out. We knew he'd stumble oh, at some funny. point. We gotcha. <laughs> no. You you know what? And and it's it's funny because when you when you spend a day in school with yeah. students. And they they suck your brain, yeah, and yeah. then you go to track practice, and you're running with the kids, and then you. I, I, this isn't an excuse. This is why my brain doesn't work. Uh, and then I'm like, ah, I 
get home. And I ran, you know. No, you like, left early for us, so we so really appreciate crazy. it. Thank you. See, oh, it's all good. It's all good. The uh, um, the 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 coolest things that I like to study are the Native American stories. Like if you take a look at like in the Southwest and you look at the hairy man and you look at some of the petroglyphs and those things are, you know, 800 years old or so. And you go back to the Yeren or the Yeti in uh, China and Nepal and Tibet. And if you look in uh, like Siberia with the Alma, these types of creatures have been around. And part of it is simply because it's part of our human nature to be afraid of what is in the wilderness and to be afraid of what is wild mm. because that's something that we see in ourselves. And so there might be this cannibalistic creature out there, which is kind of like us. And that's just kind of scary. And so what we do is we use it to help train our youth, mm. right? Hey, if, 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 if you leave the village, the Sasquatch is going to get you mm. or something like that. And so it, 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 it is a, a psychological part of apparently human makeup across the entire world. And so it's something that is, it, it goes beyond history because it goes all the way back mm. to oral history. Now people will often say, Oh, the, the first uh, instance of a Bigfoot was, uh, was the Vikings. And, and here's the deal. That is a, a, an account that's a little bit shaky, just so you know. But uh, it's, it's around the world. It's just a cool cultural phenomenon that, that, that some people absolutely categorically agree that they exist. Some people, like a lot of Native Americans, believe that they are uh, kind of halfway between the physical and spiritual world, which is also extraordinarily fascinating also makes it really easy to say that's why i can't get one on film yeah. well, that's why they're di- always blurry to dimensional of course either interdimensional so it makes it simpler I'm, what i'm getting from you jim uh is and a lot of people are picking up on this is your enthusiasm you're having the time of your life having this as i is, i don't know if i hope a hobby calling it a hobby isn't too demeaning to it but you're obviously having so much fun investigating this and tracking this and learning about it and history and, you know, technical stuff, all of this stuff. You're having a great time. Yeah. And I also just remembered the Epic of Gilgamesh that I was trying to tell you about. Jeez. And it just came to me and I'm like, wow, I really didn't sound very brilliant. And (laughs) all of my ninth graders are going to pick on me tomorrow. Hopefully they're not (laughs) watching this, but my goodness, they're, they're, they're like that idiot Sherman. Yeah, whatever. So tell us about Gilgamesh, now you've remembered. Oh, well, the, the, the thing is, the, the Epic of Gilgamesh is actually uh, the the first real novel. It's the first book that is written in cuneiform, and it actually is where the idea of the archetypal uh, hero comes. And this is Gilgamesh. And Gilgamesh uh, saved his people by building a gigantic boat. And he saved his society because there was a massive flood. Uh Now, when I say that, kids go, hey, wait a minute. That was Noah. And I'm like, no, Gilgamesh was first. Noah was a plagiarism of Gilgamesh, which is completely fine. It's completely fine to do that. Societies do that all the time. There's nothing wrong with changing the names of historic characters and things like that. Who knows? They could have been the same person. We We have no clue. 
Um, but one was a was a novel. But it, in it, uh, Gilgamesh fights a massive hairy man, and and that's that's the first written account of a massive hairy man. So it's just kind of cool. A lot of people as well are saying they would love to have had you as a teacher. <laughs> Honestly, the the enthusiasm, yeah. the passion. It's um, we need more people like you in schools. How old are the the pe- the young people that you're teaching? I right now I have primarily sophomores, so they're in tenth grade, so they're going to be right now they're fifteen. Yeah, and then I go all the way up to my seniors who are turning eighteen. Uh, normally, I'll teach anywhere from ninth to twelfth grade. Yeah, but uh, the the crazy thing is, uh, this is really only our second week back. Uh, Michigan, we our schools have been closed, and so yeah. I've been teaching from my Zoom chair. Um, that's hence the comfy chair here uh, for a lot of it. Yeah. And uh, facing that direction, actually, I have a green screen. And so I used to put my lesson plans behind me or weird random wow. things um, just because you got to keep the students interested. Yeah. But I'm going to tell you, like even today, there were kids like this in my classroom. They're like, what I'm doing here is more important than Sherman. <laughs> you know, it, I could be dancing a jig, playing the bagpipes. No one wants to. Do, no one wants to see or hear me do either of those. <laughs> all right, particularly be kilted. No, but the thing is that um, it, sometimes it, it just doesn't matter what you're doing. You're, you, there's going to be people that are just like, you know, history is not my thing. Yeah, right? yeah. And I'm yeah. like, oh, apparently neither is thinking or breathing. <laughs> but, um, but no, it's. It, that's one of the, the reasons that I think I can keep doing this for a while because you can get burnt out and you can get frustrated and you can get jaded. Mm. And part of the reason is because I go out in the woods and I, if I spend time and I don't find anything, I don't care because I'm still out in the woods. Exactly. But if and I'm that's the twist. That's it. You're still, you're still experiencing and you're living. Yeah. It's just fun. And, yeah. but, if, but if I had to make a living doing that, um, then I'd be like, well, I have to get something and that's, and, and, and who wants that? But, um, but I, but yeah, it, as long as you keep it fun and like you go online and people just bash each other with Bigfoot stuff. And it's like, you, you, you show a picture and you, you put red lines on things. And you see, can't, how can you not see the Bigfoot? What's wrong with you? And I'm like, well, it's, it's because it's a leaf, you know, but <laughs> But I don't get involved in that. Just because no, it's beautiful. You sound like you've got the right balance. I have been throughout. You may have noticed me looking away throughout. That's because I keep posting your links in the chat. I've done that a few times. And if anyone wants to go and look, Twitter, it's Sherman Bigfoot. YouTube, it's Lord Cryptid, C-R-Y-P-T-I-D. And you've got a book on Amazon, Facing the Big Hairy Monkey Thing. That title may, makes me think maybe you don't take this as seriously. <laughs> not quite the serious scientific guest I was hoping for, Catherine. Must try harder. Um, Jim, yeah. you were... The uh, greatest part about it, my daughter came up with that. So He's great, man. Listen, it's been such a pleasure talking but, to you. Uh, Your passion is infectious. Um, I'm kind of open-minded about about the Bigfoot. Why, why would you not be? It's more, it's more fun to be open-minded about this stuff, I think, isn't it? Why yeah. not? Fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, you're you're welcome on any time, Jin. When you catch one, um, show us that. Show us that foot. Oh yeah, show, show us, us the that foot, footprint again. The footprint. Let's have oh, a quick look at the footprint. Yes, I have a couple. This Which is actually. This is one from 
Flipping is, it, um, come on. Shut up. You've made that up. Then <laughs> well, This is not mine. I did not make this footprint. This is from Pat, the Patterson-Gimlin film. Uh, but this is kind of cool. This is from, I talked about Patty wow, before. Yeah. But this is within the range of a human foot. Not mine. A big human. Yeah. But things like this one, this is from an orang pendek, which is from Indonesia, I now, believe. Now, I'm struggling to see a foot there. Okay, let me show you. Toe, 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 toe. There's five toes. Okay. This okay. would be the back. But it was in a really muddy substrate. And um, and so basically what you get is what was pressed in and you pour the plaster and it fills what was it. pressed in. This one I got from a guy called uh, Cliff Barrickman, who is a, a very legitimate Bigfoot guy and a really cool person. I love it. I love it. Um, Jim, you're welcome on any time. You want to come and plug anything? You catch one, you find one, you realise it's all bunkum, whatever. So you've got our details. Please stay in touch. Or, ne or next time you're going out, I'm assuming there's a signal in the forest in Michigan, right? Yeah, oh yeah, give us a call when you're out. That would be great. Oh, that would be hilarious. Do it, do it. We'd love it, Jim. And if you, when, when if the world ever goes back to some kind of normality, and you want to go on a hunt for for ghosts or, or Nessie over here. Give us a call and we will we will happily meet up with you and we'll go and have a look. Oh, such a oh I'm so down with that. <laughs> Lovely. Hey, nice yeah. man. Really nice to meet you, Jim. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.